Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Hey, friends. Welcome to another episode here of Uncommon Real Estate with your hosts, Chris Craddock and myself, Jeff Safright. Hey, on the last episode, we talked about Chris moving from, uh, from agent to coach and team leader. Uh, today, we're going to talk uh, more about moving from that coach kind of team leader perspective to, to business leader, overseeing the business and, and growing the business and, and these things. And just to, to listen in on how, how Chris has grown the Redux group and what we do here as a team. So, uh, Chris, why don't you take it away and tell us a little bit more about what's what we're uh, going to get into today? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I, uh, you know, I just think is so important is that we just are always growing and always learning. And so if if there's anything you take away from me, I'm quoting books all the time. I'm quoting places where where I'm learning all the time because your business will always grow to the extent that you grow. So I talked about uh, Jim Collins, How the Mighty Fall, which was his sequel to. A good to great. And in the book, he says there's there's a number of things that, that really happen when a great company will fall. And one of them is called the hubris born of success. And so many of us have been there where we are doing things that we know are insanely successful at the beginning. And so then we think anything we touch will turn to gold, right? Well, the problem is that when we start growing and try, trying to expand and, and do other things, it doesn't turn to gold. Everything we touch doesn't turn to gold. We were doing some stuff at the beginning that we stopped doing at the end. And so what I found was with our team, we started growing like crazy because I was able to pick some great people to be in business with at the beginning. Well, then as we brought on more people, I started bringing on warm bodies, people that that didn't fit our culture, our category. And, and honestly, what we did was we st- I've been able to look back and kind of armchair, armchair quarterback a little bit from who I am now. And that's actually a great question is what would yourself 10 years in the future coach yourself to do right now? Well, one of the things that I started uh, looking back and saying, oh my gosh, what was wrong with the people we were hiring? Why were they not being successful? And what I found was there's four things that we look for now, and they weren't hitting one of these categories. One of them is happy, second is hungry, third is humble, and the fourth is smart. And I'd like to just kind of dive into each one of those if, if, if we're cool with that right now. So happy, I've been on staff with, a, with churches with a church for a long time and I'll staff with an organization called Young Life. I loved it. One of the guys that mentored me was a pastor of a church when he was doing kind of a pastor's class. And what he said to me was, or he said to the class, the group, um, the small group that he was, he was coaching and teaching was, he said, if somebody comes to your church and they're angry and they hate the church that they just went, went, went to, and they're complaining about the pastor, he's like, Tell them about a church down the road that is a great church because you do not want to make your church because it's just a matter of time before you go from being awesome to you going to being the same as the last person. Because what we found about unhappy people is there's one common denominator with unhappy people. 
It's them. You know, wherever you go, there you are, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, you, if, if you're finding people that genuinely are happy, one, you want to be with them. Two, they're, they're good culture fits. And three, it just it's just not a cancer, right? I mean, I, again, I'm a sports guy. How often do they talk about people that are cancers in the locker room? I mean, I, I don't know anything about them. I don't want to speak, uh, you know, ill of, of anybody else. But I, I just remember people would talk about Terrell Owens, who was probably one of the best wide receivers in the game. I mean, Hall of Famer, so good. But teams were just dropping him left and right at the height of his career because they were calling him a cancer. And so that is – I don't know enough about it. I don't want to speak about a, a particular person. But what I can say is that was something that is huge as far as organizationally. Who do you have that you're in business with? Can we pause there for just one second? Because yeah. I, I think that the happy part is, is so crucial, right? Because – Oftentimes what happens if, you know, you think you're working with your team, you're in your bullpen, whatever you call your office, and you're making these calls and, and you know, you're not getting the yeses, you're going through a bunch of no's and you're just frustrated. What, what tends to happen? Well, the frustrated people go to the coffee pot together, right? They go to the kitchen together, they go to wherever the water hole is. And, and what do they do? They, you know, they, they share their frustrations and, and that just bounces off of each other. And so I think just this idea of, of happy people is crucial um, you know, and, and so, you know, I just want to interject there to say, stay away from the, stay away from the coffee pot, stay away from the watering holes in those moments, because, you know, negativity only does one thing. It breeds what negativity. So, uh, just want to, just want to pause, hit that up and, uh, you know, highlight that and go on now. Let, tell us about hungry. Yeah. And that, that fits in with, uh, you know, there's, uh, there was somebody, I, I want to distance this just a little bit, but there was somebody that was, uh, 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 you know, that we worked with who was not, the person was not usually, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how to say this nicely, was not a, a bright ray of sunshine and also didn't work that hard. And when that person left the team, somebody else on the team said, you know what's going to happen now? This other person is going to go stratospheric with their business. And I said, why? And, and he said, well, every time we'd start, this person would, you know, would complain and then also try to get everybody to go get coffee when we were supposed to be working, do other things, just everything but what you should do. And sure enough, when that person was gone, the other people around just started doing so much better. And I, I didn't realize that that was where I needed to level up as a leader. But so that kind of leads from uh, happy to hungry, which is the other one. I mean, I always I make this this comment, you know, you you got to be able to rip open their chest and see that they've got a heart of a lion inside just wanting to win. You know, if you just want to win more than anything else, you're going to win. I mean, that's just that is just it. You're going to find a way to win if you want to win. So hungry. And then here's the other thing in the right circumstance, you know, if you've got a, a fire burning inside, you throw gasoline on it, it's going to go, it's going to go crazy. But if you throw gasoline and there's no fire, you just get a wet spot, right? That doesn't win. That's it. So, you know, so happy, hungry. And then the, the next one is humble. And so this one is one that um, a lot of times people are, they mistake, right? Because there's this false humility. I see this all the time where people say, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. And you, they, they seem like they're coachable because they're not as fierce, you know, and, and I'll tell you. So a lot of times um, people will not see me as, uh, as humble. They'll, they'll not think of me as a humble person because of the fact that I'm a pretty 
you know, fierce guy, right? Like I, like if I hear something, if I see something, I am not going to just sit and say, yeah, when I don't believe it, I'm going to, I'm going to talk, talk back about it, go, go through it. But here's the deal. I spend more time educating myself. I spend more time asking for, uh, for advice. I work so hard to know what I don't know by asking other people, um, what is going on. And I think that is one of the biggest pieces to humility is what are you doing to put yourself at other people's feet? Actually, one of my really good friends said this to me. He, he grew really fat. He grew really well. And he's somebody that I listened to a lot. And he just said, Chris, I could never. So one of my biggest struggles is I never want to go ask people that are doing really well for their advice. I feel like I need to earn the right to be in the room before I can have give and take. He said, you just started off and you just started asking everybody to say, Hey, what do you think? What do you think? Tell me about this. He said, you didn't feel like you needed to earn the right. And at first it seemed a little bit off putting because I'm like, no, you got to earn the right to be at the table. But he said, I realized that you grew as fast as you did because you're willing to just not, not take the long run. You're willing to compress the decades of learning of all the other people in the days by just asking them, you know, there's a book called the road less stupid, you know, by asking them what they did. So you don't travel that road less stupid. We talk about it in our company, the stupid tax, you know, when you, when you pay the same price over and over again, and, and we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to learn and grow and anything we can take from others and not pay that stupid tax on our own. Boom. That is huge. And then the last thing is smart. Uh, and that isn't just IQ getting good grades on tests, but it's also EQ. And it's, it's funny, our team, we've got, I think it's like five former pastors on our team. And so I always, uh, I always joke about it that we're kind of the Island of misfit pastors. And, and the reality is uh, you, when you're in ministry, you're spending time just caring about people, hearing what they're, what they're saying, but then what are they really saying? Because a lot of times they put up smoke screens where what they're saying their problem is, is not their real problem. So being able to hear from people and actually understand and relate well is huge. And actually I see that a lot with a lot of the younger agents that are hungry, that are not winning yet is because they're not being EQ smart yet. They're not, they're not listening to what people are saying and be able to actually get what they're saying. They're just they're just regurgitating what they think they should say instead of saying, okay, let me hear you. And, and I, that goes back to when Bill Clinton won his election, one of the most interesting things ever was one of the biggest turning points was when somebody was complaining and really upset about, about it, just a number of things. And Bill Clinton said this, he says, I feel your pain. Sorry, that's a terrible Bill Clinton accent. That's terrible. But but everybody in America believed that he felt their pain, you know. And so you know, I'm not, regardless of what you think about Clinton, I mean, I'll, I or your I, impersonation of Clinton. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I love I love these politicians that are just. I mean, you can learn so much from them. You know, on both sides of the aisle. And the reality is everybody believed you could, he felt her pain. So yeah, anyway, that, that's it. So happy, hungry, humble, and smart. Those are the things right there. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, so we got, we got happy, we got happy, hungry, uh, humble and smart people. Um, so where, where do we go from there? Uh, you know, we have those people now, how do we, you know, how do we lead them? How do we level up? What are, what are we doing from there? Right. So, so the next thing is uh, one of my favorite authors, a guy named John Maxwell, as far as leadership goes, Maxwell is incredible. And he talks about the, the five levels of leadership. And 
in them, he says a level one leader can attract other level one leaders. They're not very good. They're just, they're just other people that, that are kind of low level people you'll attract. Level two leaders will only attract level one leaders. Level three, you know, it kind of goes down. It's not until you get to a level five leader that you can attract other level five leaders. And I look back at my life and over the last few years, and I, I look at some of the people that I'm in business with uh, across the board. And frankly, I don't think most, I, I think a lot of those people would have not wanted to be in business. Three years ago, they probably would not have wanted to be in business with me. They probably would have uh, wanted to be buds and friends or whatever, but probably not wanted to be in business with me. But I've worked hard. I, I believe that I'm, I'm close to that level five leadership if I'm not there now, but I've worked hard to level up myself because your business grows to the extent that you grow. And when I think one of the biggest growth tools that I had was when I started realizing my world can never be so small that other people in the world with me hit a glass ceiling. And the second I stop growing, they're going to hit a glass ceiling and then they're not going to want to be in business with me anymore. And I feel like I'm in business with some of the greatest minds and greatest people on earth right now. Like I am so excited about the team of people that I'm in business with. And thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. It is true. I am. I'm so excited about and you included. I'm serious about that. I am so excited about the people I'm in business with because I believe that, that there is no limit to growth. The only limit to growth that we have is when I stop growing or when you or other people on our team stop growing. That's the only limit. So as long as we're people that are happy, hungry, humble, and smart, we're not going to stop growing. We're going to keep growing and our world will never get too small for, for the people in it. And I, and I do believe just like there's the story of the oxen, right? One ox can, can, can pull about 500 pounds, but two, when you yoke them together, can pull about 2000 pounds, right? So by their powers combined, um, sorry for all the, uh, <laughs> but their powers combined, they, they can do so much more than they can do on their own. And I've seen that just, just in the group. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. But I, I mean, I think that that's kind of the story, right? Of, uh, you know, that's kind of the story of Keller Williams too, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, all the things that we've, you know, that, that the, you know, company has been able to accomplish under the leadership of uh, Gary Keller. So, so that, that, you know, that kind of leads right into that same type of philosophy, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So Gary, I mean, there are so many smart people people in Keller Williams right now. And and everybody, you, you start looking at real estate teams and a lot of times people will say, oh, I don't want to be on a team. I want to be my own person, all the other stuff. And then they'll go be their own person and not accomplish the goals that they have. But the reason why is because, you know, is the leader making a world that's big enough for the people to be in it. And so like for me personally, I'm on Gary Keller's team right now. Like, I, I mean, I'm under his brokerage. I haven't broken out to do my own thing because he's allowed for a world that is big enough for that. And he adds value to the world that I'm in. And especially in a, in a business world where just a couple deals means so much money and a, a, just one slight new way of thinking when you're running with other, like horses don't want to run with donkeys, they want to run with horses, right? And so when you're, when you're out there running with horses and able to think on, on the same playing field as other people that are horses, man, it just makes things awesome. So that's the whole, whole piece there. And then, then on top of that, again, to make sure that it, it works, you've got to be giving more than you take. You know, and I'm a Christian guy. I, I believe so strongly that, that that's part of, 
that's part of what, what the gospel is, what the Bible would say is just give more than you receive. You know, it's better to give than receive. And so what, what can I do so that my team feels like they're, they're getting value added to them all the time. And the second I stop growing is the second I can stop adding value to the team. And that's when, you know, that's when people are going to not want to be, be my wingman anymore. That's when people are not going to want to run with me anymore. That's when people are going to want to do their own thing. And I'm like, man, I feel like, as long as I'm growing and they're growing together, we can do so much more than either one of us, any of us can do on our own. One of the things that you, you truly do, you, you learn all the time, you're reading all the time, you're bringing things to the table, uh, whether it's things that you're reading, whether it's things that you're listening to, or whether it's things that you're watching, it's your mastermind groups, you're always bringing things to the table that you're learning. You're, you're a very intelligent leader. Uh, you know, and at the same time, um, you know, one of the things that I'm reminded of is Robert Kiyosaki, right? One of the things that he, that he said that he learned from his rich dad was, is that it's not always, it's not important to always be the, the, the smartest person in the room, right? Uh, you know, he talks about gathering the intelligence around you. And so it's both being that learner, right? So leaders are learners sort of thing, but at the same time, not being scared of people that are around you that are maybe more intelligent in different areas, right? You don't have to be the master at every piece. And that's one of the things that you're doing. You're constantly giving away space and opportunity. One of the guys on our team, uh, you know, give a shout out to John, Johnson Smith is, uh, you know, John is an incredible teacher, right? And so he's constantly teaching us, uh, doing negotiation skills, these different things. And so it's, you know, it's that combination both of being the leader, being the learner, continuously expanding your knowledge base and the things that you're bringing to the table, but it's also empowering and encouraging and motivating those that are, you know, that are learning in different areas or at different levels to, to have a seat at the table to lead as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's part of the, uh, the growth curve of everybody. You know, a lot of times people are penny wise and pound foolish where they look at, at the growth curve. I mean, here, here's a perfect example of it is when you look at, at splits, right? If, if somebody is caring about splits and not worried about net, they're, they're just being penny wise and pound foolish because the more business you do, the more you're in, in business with people, the more reps you're going to get, the better you're going to learn. And, and the more you learn, honestly, the reality is that is something nobody can take away from you. That's something nobody can take away from you. And as you, as you are, are just surrounding yourself by people, I mean, I think about the, the book, Think and Grow Rich, right? That's like one of the best books of all time. And uh, what, what happened was Napoleon Hill was able to talk to all of Andrew Carnegie's, his whole database. And as he talked to all those people, he became so much smarter. He didn't pay him anything for it, but he allowed him access to his whole database. And, and I'm hoping that um, Jeff, both you and I through, through these interviews of these podcasts are going to help us continue to, to level up in ways that we've never leveled up just by the access we have to these people. Oh, hundred percent. It's, it's already happening. Just the four, shoot, uh, you know, short interviews or a few interviews that we've already had some phenomenal people out there. Yeah. It, it's, it's been awesome. So, so anyway, back to the uh, business, the business piece. So a business earns the right. So, so everybody looks at these, these massive, massive org charts of these big businesses that we aspire to be like, well, here's the thing we got to say, what is the next step? What is the next step? What is the next step? And in order to do that, uh, you always should lead with revenue, right? Uh, I don't think you should take out loans and and bet it all on the farm, you know, bet the farm on it. Uh, I, I, I think you need to lead with revenue. And Gary Keller says your business earns the right to hire the next person in your org chart. So as a business leader, you need to build out the ideal org chart and then you need to build out the plan. Um, and again, Jim Collins would say, you know, you look for the right people 
and you get the right people on the bus and then you get them in the right seat on the bus. So sometimes the plan doesn't always have to be set in stone because if you get a, a person that's that's amazing, and, and again, look at like an NFL draft, right, where there's a talent that is just maybe, – maybe they don't need somebody on the D-line, but the talent is just so – so important that, that they're just like, I mean, it's just, it's just rare that they're like, all right, we're going to take this guy because it's just such a great find. So that, that's just one of those, those keys there. But you want to have your org chart built out and stick to it unless you find somebody that's just amazing. Um, but then here's the other piece. A business leader has to go from working in the business to working on the business. Otherwise, it's still always a job, right? It's still always trading time for dollars. And so here is uh, here are five books that I'll recommend that are amazing. They, they change the way that I think. I've just read them over the last year, and I've read a number of them a few times. Um, and, well, some of them I've read. The E-Myth I read a long time ago, and I've read it again over the last year. But it's The E-Myth is really, really great, where it talks about you know a pie maker, right? A pie maker starts a pie business because she's really great at making pies. Well, then all of a sudden you realize that then she has to do accounting. She has to do sales, all these things that she doesn't love to do. It gets to the point where she stops loving pies, right? Because of the fact that she's doing all the other things. So he talks about the importance of learning how to be a business owner and not just a business practitioner or a tactician. Uh, the next one is, is Clockwork. Clockwork is one of my favorite books that I've read recently. And it, it's by the same guy that wrote Profit First. And one of the things he said is you take everything that you do during the day, just, just get a sticky pad and write down everything you do during the day and put it on your wall. And then start looking at the things that you can give to other people and just take that sticky note off your wall and give it to other people. Uh, you know, there's a lot more to it, but that was the biggest takeaway that I had from that. Um, there's a book called Scrum, which is much like the 12 week year. Yeah. So in scrum, uh, the idea is that you take these, these quarterly scrums and make these sprints, you know, these, these, you know, just run after them, these sprints and get these things done instead of having a year long process where you, you go after them. And, and this is, I mean, it's basically the same thing as the 12 week year, but I love the 12 week year as well. So I'm just going to combine them both. But the, the idea is, with a 12-week year, at the end of the year, you're like, oh, man, I didn't accomplish my goal. But the reality is if you make your, your year 12 weeks, if you don't accomplish it, then you've got enough time to, to fight back and get into the game, right? You know, it's like, it's like realizing at the end of quarter one, you still have three quarters left, right, you know, in an NFL game. Um, the next book is Traction, and make sure you get the Geno Wickman one. I'm going to tell this crazy story on my side where – uh, I got this book. Everybody had been, all these business leaders have been referring it to me. And I got three hours into listening to it because I'm an Audible guy. I love Audible. I got three hours into listening to it. And I'm like, man, this book is terrible. What's everybody talking about? This does not fit my business at all. And then I realized there's another book on Audible named Trap Called Traction that was not the book for me. It was not good. I was like, ah, I just wasted three hours of my life. And so then I got the right book and it was, it was really, really good. And then the last one is called Scaling Up. And, and again, it's talking about building a business that can scale. So anyway, hopefully those books would be helpful for you guys. Those have been life transformative books for me, learning how to work in the business and start working on the business. Absolutely. And hey, one of the things that we like to do every episode is just uh, is just kind of give you, uh, you know, something to go out and do, right? So I, I want to use the word homework right now because the other word's not coming to me, but, but homework has a negative connotation to many of us. But, you know, one of the things that I would, uh, that I would encourage you to do is grab one of these five books that, that Chris just mentioned, right? The E-Myth, uh, Clockwork, uh, Scrum, or 12-week 12 uh, 12 year, uh, traction by Gino Wickman, not the other one, 
or uh, scaling up and, and, and read that book over the next month, right? So, so go ahead and put it in your Amazon cart and, and you know, pick that up and, and read it over the next month. I think that would help them out, Chris? It's on, on our website, on my website, chrisstraddock.com. You can sign up and uh, I've got my millionaire real estate or sorry, millionaire reading list, which I think everybody that wants to build a million dollar business needs to read these books. And uh, I got a, a book reading list that I think is uh, really important. So you can sign up there for free. No, no charges. So, yeah. Awesome. Hey, Chris, before we wrap up here, any, any last thing you want to say or anything that we missed? Yeah. So the last thing is this, um, you know, this from a book and I don't have the title of the book, but it was written about a century ago. And here's the deal. This is what he says is that um, everything below the neck, a man below the neck, his value in the day is about $2 a day was what, what they were saying and this about a century ago was when this book was written. Um, but they said, all the value comes from above the neck. And um, I think about this story, and I don't remember which, uh, which book this is from, but I think about the story of the, the pipe fitter. He brings in, a, uh, he brings in somebody to fix his, his factory, and uh, he couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. This guy comes in, walks over, two minutes, just listens to everything, two minutes, bangs on this, uh, this pipe, and everything starts working. And uh, so then he sends him a, and, and this is an old, you know, an old story as well. So, you know, inflate the value of money here. Um, so he sends him a bill for a hundred dollars. Uh, and the guy was like, what? hundred dollars? You were here for two minutes. How are you charging me a hundred dollars? I think early 19th century. And uh, the guy was, the guy said, he's like, I want an itemized bill of this, of this, uh, you know, of this charge. And so the guy says, all right, fine. And uh, he charges, he sends him a bill. He's like $1 for showing up, $99 for knowing where to bang on the pipe. You know, so that's the whole thing, <laughs> you know, being able to figure that out. And so if you can compress decades into days, you know, that learning from these books, learning from other people that have done it, that's how, that's how to win in business. That's how to really become a, a business leader. You can, you can learn the hard way. You can take the road, the, the, you know, pay the stupid tax, or you can compress those decades of, of other people's learning into days. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just take this back to something you said earlier, right? You know, you, you, talking about humility, right? Or, uh, you know, you had the audacity to go into anyone's office and have a conversation about your business, about their business, about the things that you're wanting to know. These books are conversations with people that have done it, people that are doing it, people that are, you know, th that are maybe their strength is in your weakness. This is an opportunity for you to break into their office at any time of the day or night and have a conversation with them by reading these books. That's the way I look at it every time. 100%. 100%. Awesome. Well, hey, this concludes another episode here of Uncommon Real Estate. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, remember, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or any of the other ones, please uh, give us a review, rate us, give us five star there, subscribe, and, uh, and also tell your friends about it. That would help us out tremendously. And also remember, uh, if you go to chriscraddick.com, you'll be able to find his millionaire reading list. And, uh, and jump in, read some of those books, have a conversation with some of those authors. So, hey, until next time, it's been a pleasure having you on. We look forward to doing it again uh, real soon. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.